Hey y'all, welcome back to Singing in the Middle with Abby Pags. I'm Abby Pagrzynski. Um, today, I wanted to talk a little bit about technology in the choir room. Um, before I begin, I want to make sure I say that I am no expert at this whatsoever. Um, I'm just kind of sharing some ideas that I have had and I've used or ideas that I haven't used yet and ideas that I've heard other people using. Um, so again, none of this is like expert technology, but just kind of want to share some ideas. Sometimes I know we all feel this way, feel like a square peg in a round hole. They have certain technology expectations of us and sometimes that is hard for us to complete as choir teachers just because we have you know music to learn and that's not always a priority is um, making that into a technology-based activity however I have found some ways to um, accomplish using technology that does not hinder our music learning it actually does help um, so I want to share those with you today so first of all uh, my district just became one-to-one, so we are kind of behind uh, from other districts, at least from what I've heard, and we are bring your own device. So most of our students have Chromebooks, um, but a lot of students also have like Macs or iPads with keyboards um, or what have you. So there's quite a variety of devices, although majority is Chromebooks. And our um, learning management system, our LMS, is Canvas. So all of that is new to us this year. So just kind of putting that in perspective, a lot of this technology stuff, um, I've really had to kind of throw myself in and a lot of other teachers have in our our school too, to um, start using this. So the biggest thing that I've used the devices for on a daily basis is our Bellwork question. Um, I don't know if you use Bellwork on a daily basis, I like it and I'm not sure it all kind of depends on your class period and just how that all works for you the reason why it works for me um, obviously when I have something for them to do right when they walk in the room that um, makes the negative behavior um, lessen there's a lot less because they are busy doing something Um, it also allows me to review stuff that we've gone over the class before um, and like helps me remember to do that because sometimes I get so caught up in reviewing music I forget to talk about this technique we talked about or if we're talking about note names or rhythms music theory based stuff um, I can really take time to review that as well I can also use that as a pre-assessment as as in like tell me what you know about treble clef note names and they can enter that into bell work and we can talk about that Um, so it's a good tool for a lot of different things so I really like bell work Um, My school is set up where I see my students every other day, so I do not collect the bell work every day. I collect the bell work every two weeks, so that would end up being five questions since I see them every other day, Um, and that really works for me. Um, It ends up in the quarter that I usually input like four bell work grades, and I put them in um, what we call the formative assessments category, so that's the 25% category, Um, and it just kind of allows me to have a little more grades because sometimes in choir there's not as much like pencil paperwork so it's harder to input grades as often as we need to um etc so that just kind of solves a lot of my problems so I have now put my bell work on canvas and I have used if you're familiar with canvas there's a discussions tab and it's almost like a journal so it's like it's similar to a Google Doc where I, I just edit the question every day and I add each one until I have all five 
um, and the kids just put their response in the same category. So if you're a Canvas person and you're curious about more details of how I do that, um, just let me know, send me a message, and I'm happy to um, give you some more info about how I manage that. But that's worked really well for me. Something I haven't tried yet, but I plan on trying with Canvas, is doing my singing tests that I do once a quarter on Canvas. And even if you don't have Canvas, I bet there's probably a way for you to do this if you are um, one-to-one. If you're not, it might be a little tricky. Um, But anyway, they have an audio input feature on Canvas. So my plan, and I I stole this from somebody else, um, is to have the students prepare their device and, you know, go onto Canvas and log in and get to the assignment category. And when they're ready to start, um, everyone's going to press record and say their name. Um, and then all at the same time, we're going to do our song, whatever song I choose, and probably like maybe two or three pages of it all together, but they're going to hold their device close to themselves. So I'm capturing their voice, but I'm not making them sing by themselves. Now, I think it's totally arguable that if you do singing tests all by themselves, you could argue that till the cows come home because there are so many standards, at least for Indiana, I'm guessing for other states too, about um, singing alone and with others. Like that's very important. So if you do yours all by themselves, I think that's totally fair. More power to you. Um, I do only one singing test by themselves and that's an eighth grade in sixth and seventh grade. They do it either in a small group or I'm going to try this new way. Um, so again, you can kind of take that as you will. Now, of course, this is going to cause, um, time at home or during prep for me to go in and listen to all of those. Um, so I plan on staggering my choirs and doing one choir one week and the next choir the next week, just so then I don't have so much to do at once because in the past, before I was one-to-one, I would do singing tests in a small group of four and I would make them sing through the section of music twice and I would use a CD track so they would not have any voices on the track to help them but that way I didn't have to play anything on the piano um, with them and I could really get like very close (laughs) I always say like I'm going to invade your bubble um, during the singing test so I can really hear you and give you an accurate grade Um, And that's what I used to do. And I would grade them right on the spot. They'd be, there'd be four of them. I would start circling grades on my rubric right away. So then by the end of class, really all of them were already graded, but I did have to take a whole class period to do a singing test. And while the kids weren't singing, I'd have to provide them with some sort of um, assessment of some sort, like, or a practice worksheet, you know, theory-based, whatever, what have you. Um, And now I can kind of eliminate that and not take a, a whole rehearsal day doing singing tests. Um, so I think that's really going to be a positive thing. Um, but I, again, I haven't tried it yet. I've heard really great things about it, but we'll kind of see how it goes um, for me. Another way that I'm going to use technology, and this is actually I've already used in the past, and now it's just going to make it easier for me, is putting practice tracks available to my students. Um, now that I have Canvas, I can post those directly to my homepage and the students can really easily access that. Before, I was posting them on my, my YouTube account. Um, I made a YouTube and I would post performance videos, but I would also post these practice tracks on there so students could even get on their phones and listen to them at home. Now this did, there is some prep work to that, so just be, be warned if you're interested in doing that. Obviously, you have to make the practice tracks. Now, sometimes, and I'm seeing on Pepper now, they have practice tracks that they're selling for like $2, 
and it's like an mp3 instant download when you buy it so that could really save a lot of time because then you could just literally upload that onto um, Canvas or if you don't have a learning management system, uh, maybe you could email it to them or uh, make it available in some different way. Um, But I think that's going to be a really nice tool for me, especially at the middle school level, since most of them don't play piano. It's really hard for them to practice at home, Um, especially because I keep my music in my classroom and they're able to like ask to take it home every once in a while. But uh, as a general rule, I don't really let them take it home since I... uh, I don't want them to miss out or the next class miss out on their music if someone forgets to bring it back. Another way that I'm planning on using Canvas, um, which I have not used yet, they have a feature um, that you can create quizzes on there. And the only thing that I think it will really work for me for um, is the music vocab quiz that I do with my students. So I'm planning on creating that quiz and that is going to take me a little bit of time and that's kind of unfortunate, but what's good about that is that I don't have to do it again and it's self-grading on there. Um, So once I create it and give it to them, then obviously that saves me a heck of a lot of time grading later. Um, So I'm planning on using that really just for music vocab. The other theory units I do, like note names and and rhythms, I think it's hard because sometimes I have them draw the symbols and inputting the symbols into that I think will be difficult. Um, So I think that's definitely the easiest one for me to use the self-grading tool on Canvas. Um, Some other ideas I have for technology use are a little more common. So I'm guessing a lot of you have probably done this before. Um, But if we're ever reviewing for like a music theory test or something, I use Kahoot a lot. And if you've never heard of that, that's a really great game for the middle school level and even upper elementary. Um, Basically, they project a question on the board with four answers or up to four answers and they all have like shapes and colors associated with that answer and the kids answer on their own device and they pick the answer on their device Um, and it makes it very competitive they show the scores after every question and um, what rank they're in so the especially at middle school level they they really love that they get super into it and I usually hand out candy as a reward for like the top five Um, as we're doing music vocab I also utilize Quizlet, which is online flashcards. Um, that has been a really great tool for, especially for the vocab unit, since it does lend itself a lot easier to use flashcards. And a lot of the other teachers at my school use Quizlet, so the kids are really familiar with it. Basically, it's interactive flashcards, and there's also games that you can do on there as well. If you set up a classroom, I think there's like a fee associated with it. I use the just the free version, but if you pay money, you might be able to do a little bit more with that, like track how much each student has practiced and assign them different flashcards and stuff like that. My last concert of the year is always um, about two and a half weeks before the end of school. And so I always do some sort of um, very different unit to end the school year. One of those units is movie music, and I've also double dipped that into general music as well. And it's probably my favorite unit just because it's so interesting. Um, I had to do research on it myself, and just learning about it for me to teach it was really, really fun. And you get to play all kinds of super cool listening examples that the kids already recognize. Um, And the final project I do for that is I assign the students um, kind of random instrumental music that I just found online. And they have to, excuse me, create a... um, 
a silent movie with the group that I assign them and I usually make it like 30 seconds it's more like a scene than a movie but they have to make their scene match the emotion that's portrayed by the music and those always end up so much fun that's probably the kids like favorite project and especially when I do it with my choir kids at first they're like why are we doing this like we're supposed to be singing you know and once they get into that a little bit they're like oh wow this is actually really cool um and I totally agree like we need to be singing most of the year but I think the end of the year is the opportunity to kind of um expose them to something else especially at my school the choir students don't take general music so they don't get to do any of those kind of genre study sort of um things so I think it's really cool I use um just my iPad and iMovie to make those silent movies um and I'm more than willing to hand out some um how-to sheets if you're interested in doing that it's actually very user-friendly and very intuitive um so don't be intimidated by that if you aren't super tech savvy um i find it to be extremely easy to use Another great free resource out there that I'm sure a lot of you have heard of is musictheory.net. And if you haven't used this website, I highly recommend you get on that. It is amazing. There's all kinds of interactive exercises. There's note naming, um, interval stuff. If you do any keyboard playing, there's a keyboard identification. Um, There's key signatures. It kind of depends on how deep you go into music theory. But you can also customize any of those. So like for me... Um, when I'm doing interval stuff, which actually I've only done with um, a special homeroom group one time, so I don't really expose many middle schoolers to that, but we studied just perfect intervals first, and I was able to isolate just those, so they did those visually, and they, they had to test themselves on how to do those or identify them visually, and then they also have an ear training one as well, um, so they were able to practice just the perfect intervals, um, identifying those by ear, so I love that you can customize that. Um, music theory that's amazing the other part of it is after you make a customizable exercise or even just a normal exercise I think um, you can actually have the students after they've done it it keeps track of their score and you can have them copy a link that um, has their score and information related to it and they can send that link to you so if you wanted to make that as like a, a short homework assignment like tell them you know you need to do this until you get a 20 out of 20 And you can reset your score. So if they got one wrong, they just have to restart and do more practice. And then they could submit that to you, especially if you have a learning management system like Canvas. That'd be a really easy submission. If you don't and and the students have email, they can easily email it to you. Or they could just write it down if um, if, uh, they don't have any sort of technology to send that. But that's a great... um, tool and I've used it for note names I've used it in general music when we're doing keyboards I've used it like I said for my homeroom when they're doing interval stuff Um, it's a very great website our school is using a lot of the Google apps actually now that we're one-to-one and at the beginning of the school year I created a Google form survey that I sent out to my students via canvas and it was like a really quick like maybe eight or nine question survey like what's your name, what's your preferred name, if it's different from what's listed on Infinite Campus, Um, what was your favorite part about your summer break, what's your favorite color, what movie did you last see in the theaters, and then I also ask what voice part do you think you should be, and I also maybe put a caveat in there saying like that doesn't mean you're going to be, and I also always put an option of unsure or no preference as well, and then I put some things um, like what else do you want to tell Miss Pags, um, 
what song suggestions do you have? I also put, like, that doesn't mean you're going to do them, but, you know, I like the ideas. Um, so I really liked doing that little survey, and I liked reading the answers. And I also recommend keeping it shorter just because, like, for me, I have about 250 students. So to read all of those, it was a lot easier to keep that short and sweet um, just so then I didn't have to spend, like, hours going through those and reading them because I did want to read them. Um, but Google Forms is a great resource for something like that. Google Forms also has some templates for like exit tickets and stuff. So if you're ever interested in, in um, not doing as much work, um, that's a good resource for you too. I've also done one class um, using Google Classroom because I primarily have Canvas, but I kind of wanted to try that out. So they're kind of my, my guinea pig, pig class. Um, for right now, again, I've only been back in school for a little over a week and I can't speak too much about one over the other. Um, both have been a pretty good resource and a great way, obviously, to get information out to them. Um, so hopefully maybe um, later this year, especially after I have a little more experience doing one-to-one -one at my school, I will have some more, like I could do a technology part two and I can share a little more thoughts about um, the benefits of Google Classroom versus Canvas and vice versa. I have been noticing that JW Pepper has been putting their um, song previews on YouTube and, and they'll like show every single page and play the track along with it. Um, I think I kind of mentioned this earlier and I forgot to add this in, but I think that will be a really good resource for my students as well and might save me a little bit of time making practice tracks. Obviously for each individual voice part, I'll have to make a track, but if they already are a little more comfortable and know the song, that could be a really good memorization tool or even not memorization because it shows the music too um, but that will just be a big time saver the last little idea I have isn't necessarily um, a technology in the classroom but it's still about the classroom so I'll still share that with you um, <clears throat> since Facebook is kind of quote-unquote for old people I mean I still have Facebook and that's probably my primary social media source but my students tell me that's for old people so I have made a choir Instagram page um, and I've obviously made it private and just had my students request to follow me and that's been a really great way to stay in touch um, not only with students but with parents and the community I like to post like little practice videos from class or I do um, class officers every year and I'll post like their pictures as long as they don't have a no publish obviously make sure to double check that before putting it online and a couple years ago when we were doing our music vocab unit I actually posted like multiple choice questions on Instagram and I said like the first person to get it right in the comments I'd give a piece of candy to tomorrow um, the one hesitancy hesitancy obviously um, is making sure you're always professional on there and making sure that you're um, cautious of messaging students. There's a direct message option on Instagram and I have had some students message me on there and I, I tend to just ignore them unless it's like a really pressing issue. Um, I really, I'm hesitant about using that just because my school really encourages any sort of contact with students be through our school email since it's monitored. Um, so sometimes I will just, if they see their message, I'll respond to them through email just so then they don't think I'm ignoring them, but I just kind of stay away from that message point. But I really think that's a great way to stay involved and just kind of create a positive climate, not only in your classroom, but out. And it is a good um, way for students to know that 
you exist as a human outside of the classroom in case they do need you like in a very serious way and of course you can always you know transfer that communication to email but at least they have a way to easily reach out to you on their level Um, so I really like doing that if you're not a social media person and and that sounds like too much work for you I totally get that Um, I enjoy social media stuff and I find it pretty easy to stay up with that so um, I think that's kind of fun for for me and for them Um, Those are just a few ideas that I've used, and a couple of them obviously I have not used yet, and I'm looking forward to trying out. I would say um, the biggest thing that I've experienced with technology is to just do it. I've found that even though some things may crash and burn, it's a lot easier to figure out what's going to work when you just try it out. Um, when I we started on Canvas, you know, I was like, I really want to do bell work on here instead of pencil paper bell work. But I was like, you know, I had it all set up and I didn't publish it. And I was like, well, what if it doesn't work and I don't make enough copies and I'm going to waste all this class time. And I'm like, you know what? I go with the flow and that's what happens. And the only way I'm going to find out it doesn't work is just doing it and figuring out what the kinks are with it. So I challenge you um, to just do it. Whatever that technology idea that you have that you've heard a lot of people talking about, that people have showed you, and you're like, I really want to try this, but I just don't know how it's going to work. Just try it. Get your best class and and put it in front of them and see what happens. Because um, a lot of the time, those the students especially are just, they're so tech savvy, um, give and take, you know, um, that they they really get it. And if there's like flubs in it, they help each other out. They'll help you out. Um, and don't be afraid to ask for their help because they are, um, pretty good with this kind of stuff. So I challenge you in the next month or two to try that new technology thing that you've been thinking about, even if it scares you. (laughs) Um, I'm looking forward to hearing, um, what kind of things you do in your classroom. And I'd love to share technology ideas. Obviously I shared mine, but I'd always love to try some new things in mine too. And just, um, anything that helps the flow and efficiency in my room and saves time for paperwork stuff that I can use for actual rehearsal and learning music, I would love to hear about it. So let me know in the comments or send me an email or message or something uh, so we can connect on that. Thank you for listening to Singing in the Middle and I'll see you guys next time.